to turn to Proverbs chapter 1. It's an extended passage. Oh, good. You brought, you brought a good, easy-to-read Bible. Well done. We're reading verses 20 through 33. It is my mission in the book of Proverbs to take good-sized chunks as we go along. We're going to have to have some pauses on some individual Proverbs along the way that need clarification. But for the most part, we're going to go by leaps and bounds and get the big picture. This is Eliza. So follow along as she reads Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. <clears throat> Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing, and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you, because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and, ha and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. I will, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Thank you. <clears throat> Wisdom. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Solomon begins here personifying wisdom, the wisdom of God. Not wisdom as a, something separate from God, but personifying wisdom as the voice of God. And it is personified as a lady crying in the streets. In Hebrew, the word for wisdom takes a feminine form and spelling. Gender in the spelling of words is very common in many other languages. And because the word wisdom has a feminine form in the hands of the poet in Proverbs, wisdom becomes lady wisdom. Not because God is feminine, not because God is masculine, but because the word is shaped that way. But the word is still directly attributed to who God is. And God is painting a very big picture for us. We need to get the big picture, not get bogged down in the details, not get bogged down in the grammar, but let the context speak to us. Just let Lady Wisdom have her peace. Listen to her. She's not just representing God, she's the voice of God. 
We have to understand this is poetry. We have to understand that this is spiritual and it's speaking to us on a very spiritual level. FYI, for your information, this personification of wisdom as lady wisdom is going to lay down a groundwork for how we can later read and interpret Proverbs 31 woman and also the Song of Solomon calling us to the heart of God. This is, a, this is relationship based. A father telling his son to listen for lady wisdom and it's going to have a huge impact on the way we are going to biblically interpret our physical sexual desires because in very much the same way that we pursue and follow our sexual desires with that same inner drive we are spiritually supposed to pursue God and his wisdom it's deep and it's all one big story leading to Jesus we're going to see some overlap here and connection not only to, to Solomon Solomon's life how it plays into Proverbs Song of Songs but then also Jesus' love for the church and calling her his bride all of these relationships um, play into Lady Wisdom speaking to us today. And if you, like, where are the Proverbs, man? Like, when are you going to get into all that good stuff? Uh, Proverbs chapter 10. Like, the Proverbs that you think of as Proverbs don't start until after several lectures. Can I get an amen from the dad? Dad is about to lecture his son first. It, like, oh, why are you lecturing me? Because you need it. <laughs> that's, that's the response. Why is God lecturing us through Solomon? Because he's wise. Well, just give me those nuggets. I want to know how to get through life. I want to know how to handle the business. I want to, I want to know how to raise my kids. Time out. He's after your heart first. And if you're not listening for lady wisdom, you're going to miss everything else. Because it's relationship-based. Verse 20 Wisdom is in the street, in the marketplace, at the head or the intersection of a noisy street, at the entrance of the city gates, which are monitored, which are busy. This is wisdom's voice is competing with all the other voices in your life. And there are a lot of them. And they're winning. Why in the world would anybody pay five to ten to seventeen million dollars for a 30 second advertisement during some sporting event this afternoon it's because advertising works their voice changes you it does it influences you how can there be millennials making millions of dollars as social influencers on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, because their voice, it does work. 
There are many, many voices bombarding you all day, every day. And all the students are like, amen. My teacher is like, wah, 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 wah. And you don't have any idea how true that is. We've all been there. Wah, 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 wah. Sorry for your homeschool kids, because that's your mama. <laughs> we tend to get used to voices. And even if we act like we're not listening, that's still influencing parents. You're still influencing. Keep speaking truth. Keep speaking truth. Because we are trying to counteract a lot of lies. We're surrounded by them. The lies originate right here. We want to believe them. That's the problem. It's not that the world out there is the problem speaking lies to us. The problem is we want to listen. We want to hear what we want to hear. And you, so Proverbs is addressing this issue. Lady Wisdom is out there. She's just one voice in the crowd. Man. It's hard to hear one. Have you ever been somewhere that's really loud and the person next to you is trying to tell you something? <laughs> it's difficult when you're at a concert. I need to go to the bathroom. What? Man, I really, and you don't want everybody to know, like, I really gotta go. What? I got, and then the music stops. I gotta go to the bathroom. Well, that was embarrassing. It's hard to hear one voice when there are a lot of things going on. It's hard. You have to listen. And there are a lot of ways to communicate. Like, can you just text me that? Professional textures here. Text the person sitting next to you sometimes. Lady wisdom is one voice out of many. And she's asking a question. Verse 22. How long? She's crying out, but then she asks how long simple ones will you love being simple how long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge notice what's going on here it's a question do you love and delight in the wrong things do you hate the right thing the logic of my brain struggles with those sentences because that's not how I think. You're supposed to love and delight. This is how we talk positively. You're supposed to love and delight in the right things and you're supposed to hate the wrong things. So this is a poetic device that is actually jarring when you think about it. When I think about it, this is a jarring way to talk to me. Like, wait, that's the point. We usually say we love and delight in lovely and delightful things and he's catching your attention here no you love and delight in the wrong things and you hate the right thing you lady wisdom's voice is saying you're backwards and you don't even know it listen to me and in this passage she is obviously wisdom is obviously verse 23 calling us to be different to live differently but what does she require? Verse 23, you need to turn at my reproof. She's asking for you to turn. We would call that repentance. 
And then when you respond to wisdom correctly, you turn away from the many voices, you listen to the reproof, you take it to heart, you agree God is right, I am wrong. That's what To be reproved is not just to be told you are wrong. For you to be properly reproved, you have to accept it. I have been reproved. They can try to reprove you, rebuke you, correct you, but it's not just about trying. This is a response. Lady Wisdom expects you to respond. Not just hear her in the voice say, yeah, she's, she's right, but, and then go about your business. Not just hear her as one of many voices, but to hear her distinctly and then to act distinctly on what she is saying. She's rebuking us. We've got it backwards. So she doesn't just want us to accept her, but to listen to her. Turn at my reproof and behold, then what does she do? If she has spoken, we've responded, and she goes again. I will pour out my spirit to you. This is a personification of God. It's God's spirit that we need. It's not like there's the Holy Spirit and then the wisdom has this other secondary spirit. <laughs> this is the spirit of God. This is tying into the, the true spiritual nature of what God is trying to say to us. I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Well, you already talked and I heard them. It's not, it's here, turn, no. And it's the same word for no where a husband knows his wife. It is a very charged word. It's to know not just by intellectual assent. It's to know by experience. I know fire is hot because I have burned myself. Not just felt the heat. Oh, it's so cozy. I have accidentally burned myself and I know fire is hot. That's the kind of no. Wisdom cries out. If you hear me, you turn at my reproof, you accept the correction, you turn away from your sin, I will then respond by giving you more. I will pour out my spirit to you. I will give you more of myself. And I will make my words, you'll know them, you'll experience them, you will live them, you will breathe them, you will be known, and you will know me. I am my beloved's, and he is mine. Those are the words of the Song of Songs on what it means to really know wisdom. It's a relationship that is deep and intimate. Verse 24. <sighs> because I have called you and you refused, verse 25, because you ignored all my counsel, verse 26, I will laugh at your calamity and I will mock when terror strikes you. Because, because, verse 29 because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord hmm. 
Imagine yourself at the park. Today, nice day, sunny. Imagine yourself at the park. You're sitting there doing your own thing. and Imagine you see a little kid go by. Probably five or six. Full superhero costume. Or full princess costume. And you know when they're that little, they don't just walk. They strut probably ahead of dad, headed to the playground. I know where I'm going, uh, maybe flexing, walking, walking ahead of dad. I've got my suit on. I am who I am. And you're just casually watching it. (laughs) And then you see one of those Meadow Lake geese come out from behind a trash can. (laughs) I choose violence. And the goose starts charging at said little one. What happens to all that strut, all that pride? Dad! And you see it unfold in front of you, and it's comical. Because it's kind of, there's an absurdity to it. Here you are, little person, doing whatever you think you want, doing, you think you can do everything. You think you have superpowers, and the world belongs to you. And yet, in the face, of a threat, you need your daddy, you need your mama. Wisdom is crying out to all humanity, come to me, and they refuse, and they refuse, and they refuse, and then in the day of their calamity, wisdom can't help but laugh. (laughs) You're just naked and afraid. This is absurd. You're asking for help after I've already offered the help. Now, in this passage today, these are not children. These are not innocent people. These are people who are willingly shaking their fist at God, shaking their fist at God, listening to all the voices and purposefully avoiding lady wisdom. And then when they have trouble, help us, wisdom. Help us, God. And God, (laughs) what? That's absurd. Why should God help? Seems a little harsh. It's called consequences. God allows calamity, terror, and dread to be the consequences of rejecting Him. He's not laughing and mocking because He's cruel. He's laughing and He's mocking because It is absurd to shake your fist at God forever and then in one moment to say, God, I need your help. That's the absurdity, the duplicity, the hypocrisy. That's not what it means, get this, to fear the Lord. C.S. Lewis writes, there are two types of people in the world. Those who say to God, thy will be done, And those to whom God says, thy will be done. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, thy will be done. And back up. Yeah, write that down. It's important. It's critical. 
Now, we know God is gracious. We know God is slow to anger. We know God is merciful to those who call on Him for salvation. Um, Verse 28, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Uh, Write this down. Go to this slide, guys. This passage here is not about fearing God, but just wanting deliverance. Those who reject the fear of the Lord sometimes ask God to save them from their problems, but they're not asking God to save their soul. They're asking for a temporary help or relief or fix. They're not asking for God to be their God. As a last resort, they are asking for deliverance, here's the key, from their pain and from their suffering, not from God's wrath. They're not apologizing, they're not listening, they're not turning, they're not repenting, they're not giving their whole heart, and they are definitely not fearing the Lord. They are fearing their consequences, and they're asking God for relief, and God's going to say, no, I'm not your heavenly vending machine. God does not just want to give you things. He wants to give you himself. God is out for a relationship. That's the fear of the Lord. To fear and love God properly is to listen to Lady Wisdom. Heed her rebukes. Turn and live differently. It's thy will being done in my life. To live in constant rebellion against God is for God to sometime, some way, say to you, thy will be done. You're going to get your way. And that's the reality of eternal life versus eternal death. It is earned. It is free. It is earned It is free. It is grace. It is works. Live by works. Die by works. Live by grace. Experience the goodness of God forever. That's the message of Jesus. That's the gospel. We can only have grace in and through Jesus Christ by faith alone. These people, verse 28, when they call upon God, he's not going to answer. This is not about salvation. This is just about physical relief. They're wanting deliverance. Those who mock God will be mocked by God because He has spoken. To not listen is to mock God. To not heed, to not turn, to not have faith is to mock God. I can do it on my own. God has spoken. He's already spoken. Wisdom is in the streets. She's crying out. There are many voices, and you have to be really attentive to the one voice, not the many. God has spoken again and again and again. To reject this is to mock God, and the wages of sin is death. God doesn't do it because He's mean he does it because he's right 
He has to be right. If God isn't right, then He is not God. Basic theology. He is sovereign. And what He says to do, who He says to be, the requirements of salvation, He gets to dictate the terms, not us. And He's so kind to make it about Jesus. You realize we don't have a legal system of requirements to enter into God's presence. How would that fly at your house? I will love you if... How many rules would you need to define love in your house? That's it's kind of ridiculous. I think back to being newly married and like, there was a lot of pressure there. <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. Having kids, there's even more pressure. Yeah, I got to remember to feed somebody else now. I've got to, they're doing all this, keep this little booger alive. Good grief, they don't even sleep right, eat right, talk right, walk right. They don't know how to use the bathroom. I got to lay down my life for them, like ding, ding. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm beginning to realize all that Jesus did for me. He laid his life down for you. The simplicity of the gospel is Christ alone, by faith alone, according to the word alone. He saves us. What a relief. Do you hear that? Do you hear wisdom crying? Verse 29. <clears throat> because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. There it is again. <laughs> Won't shut up with this fear of Yahweh stuff. It's so important. They did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore. Okay. When you have a therefore at the beginning of a verse, that's worth highlighting, underlining. And back to this for just a second. Earlier, verse 22, they loved and delighted in the wrong thing and then they hated the right thing. Verse 29 is using that language again. They you hated knowledge. Okay, that connects with, yep, you still hated knowledge. And you did not choose the fear of the Lord. A subtle switch. But it shows us what are we supposed to love and delight in? Fear of the Lord. That parallelism, that reuse of the hated knowledge, it should, should help our attention focus back on. They loved and delighted in the wrong thing, but the right thing to love and delight in is the fear of the Lord. That, that should that should overwhelm us with all of our study of the fear of the Lord. It's not about trembling only. It's about rejoicing and trembling in God's presence. It's loving and fearing God. The fear of the Lord includes loving and delighting Him. It's not we are afraid of punishment. We're, we're forgiven. We're afraid of losing that intimacy and losing that relationship, losing that fatherly, parental approval that all kids are built to receive you are built to flourish under God's approval you're supposed to love and delight that's, the, that's another way of saying fear the Lord love and delight in God 
It includes fearing the Lord. But they don't. So verses 31 and 32 hit the fan. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way. Proverbs is presenting the way of wisdom, the way of the fool. They're going to eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away. And the complacency of fools destroys them. Write this down, verses 31 and 32. These are consequences, not direct punishment. Does God sometimes intervene in human history and directly take care of things? Yes and amen. Does God sometimes, as a secondary mode of operation, allow us to suffer for making bad decisions? Yes. This is the God not intervening passage. They will eat the fruit of their own way, fill of their own devices, and they're killed by their own turning away from God. They've turned to the wrong thing. And their complacency destroys them. Their own decisions are destroying them. That's what he is saying. God really doesn't even have to lift a finger. The wages of sin is death. You live by the voices of this world. Whatever they promise, they're wrong. Their ways lead to the grave and eternal separation from God. That's heartbreaking. But how can they be so blind? I can't tell you why other people are blind, but I can tell you why I am blind. Because the world is flashy, sexy, pretty, smooth, fun, exciting. And my heart wants it. That's why. it's, It's appealing. Why would anybody reject God? Because we think other things will make us happy. And we're wrong. We're wrong. It may be a a high. It may be an experience. It may feel good to get that new thing, that new person, that new relationship. But it always fades. Anybody throwing anything away from Christmas yet? Still got the tree up? Still got the wrapping paper out? All the carnage, they're still there in the living room floor? Or do you put stuff away? Because anything we do long term seems to fade. That's natural. But it's actually not the way God made things. A lot of the natural things on planet Earth right now are wrong. We're supposed to be growing in holiness and grace and goodness of God. Instead, in this world, we we see things are deteriorating. The stuff we have, no matter how shiny and nice it is, it wears out. It's not getting better, it's getting older. Uh Like us. You getting older, in some ways, you're getting, your body's getting worse. But when we think of that in spiritual terms, spiritual maturity is getting better. It's growing in faith. It's growing in the fear of the Lord. There's a part of you that is getting better. 
when you are in a glorified state, I've been chewing on this this week, you're not going to get older, but you're going to get better. That's crazy. We have, we have nothing really on planet Earth to equate that with. Everything gets old and wears out. And we have to make new stuff. And we like the new and the shining, but we have to discard the old to get it. That's the opposite of God's plan for planet Earth. We're supposed to grow in the knowledge and fear of the Lord into eternity, and it gets better and better, and you get better and better without wearing out, without fading, without tarnishing. That's the hope in the future that we have. Lady Wisdom is trying to get your attention this morning. If you listen to the voices of the world, it's going to hurt. If you turn the wrong way, you're going to suffer. Verse 33, but whoever listens to me, (laughs) I love the contrast. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Verse 33, the listening is tied back to verse 23, turning and knowing. And it's also tied together with fearing the Lord. What does it mean to listen to God? You turn away from yourself. You get to know and experience who God is. Stop worrying about knowing yourself. Know God. And you couple that with delighting and loving, which is the fear of the Lord. And this is what it means to listen to Lady Wisdom. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure, will be at ease without dread of disaster. And doesn't that resonate with the words of Jesus? Come unto me, all of you who are weak, weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. He could have said, take my wisdom upon you. My yoke is easy. My wisdom is light. We'll be yoked up together. Jesus isn't teaching anything new except that he is the wisdom of God and flesh. Listening is turning, knowing, and fearing the Lord. As we're going to see in Proverbs, sometimes doing things God's way can actually deliver you from physical disaster. You live according to the book of Proverbs, you'll probably avoid bankruptcy. You follow God's basic instructions and in Proverbs of how to not lend money, how to not go into debt, how to save for a rainy day and have a storehouse full so you can help the needy. You live like that, you're probably never going to bankrupt. Now, it doesn't mean you can't get hit with cancer and spend everything you've got and die penniless fighting the cancer, taking care of your family. It happens. Ecclesiastes is going to say, yeah, it sure does happen a lot. But sometimes living by God's wisdom saves you from physical disaster. But listening to Lady Wisdom 
always saves you from internal disaster. Listen to that. Dwell secure. Dwell without anxiety. Be at ease. Without stress, without worry, without dread of disaster. Man, those words are deep. Ease and dread. Those are really emotional, evocative words, right? It's talking about who we are, not just the way we live. It's, it's speaking on a different level. Lady Wisdom wants you to live on a different level. So God's people, last few blanks. God's people think differently than the rest of the world. If you're listening to Lady Wisdom, if you're listening to God speak, you're listening to God's word, you are going to think like God thinks. That's the end game. Fear of the Lord leads to knowing the Lord, understanding the Lord, and you think like the Lord. He, you are supposed to be a chip off the oldest block. That's what it means to be the image of God. You ever hear your mama's words come out of your mouth or attitude? Yeah, just wait till you hit your 30s. Starts coming out and you can't even stop the fountain anymore. You're like, good grief. What is going on? Just, to, just those things have been ingrained in us, those patterns, those ways of talking, those figures of speech. They're just, we're just old. We're, just, we're all just old people on the inside waiting to come out. Just, once your filter is down, you know, 30, 40, 50, 70, that filter goes away, you are your parents. That's just the way it is. It happens. Why? Why does God want us to think differently than the rest of the world? Help me out with that. Why does God want us to think differently than the rest of the world? Why? What? Why does God want us to think differently than the rest of the world? Why? What makes us different? Is God different than the rest of the world? That's why he wants us to be different. Because he is. This world does not accurately reflect the person and nature and power of God right now. He doesn't want you to think differently so you'll have a better life, a better wife, so you'll, you'll, you'll feel good about yourself. He doesn't want all those things for you. He wants himself for you. It's a big difference of thinking there. God wants us to think differently because he does. He wants us to be like him. And the second thing, God's people live differently. And then it shows up. We don't just think God's thoughts. We don't just agree with him. We don't just hear him in the street and give him a thumbs up. We don't just hear and never turn. We hear and turn, and that means living differently. Different priorities, different ways of handling our bodies, handling our sexuality, handling the way we go to work, handling difficulties, handling stress, handling, handling, handling what we eat, what we drink, handling entertainment, handling everything. God's people should be different from the rest of the world because God does not approve of everything on planet earth. Therefore, neither should we. Rabbit trail. It's going to look a little different in each family because every child is different how they're tempted and what they're struggling with. One family over here may say this is okay and one family over here may say that's not okay. That's our freedom in Christ and we cannot expect from others what we expect from ourselves unless the expectation comes directly from God 
in God's word. Be careful. Be careful. Proverbs are going to help us with that too. It's coming. Next blank. God's people transform from old to new. I touched on this a little bit. You think of your body going from old to older. (laughs) In God's economy, we are supposed to go from new to newer. From great to greater. Glory to glory. You see how we are to improve throughout eternity. No stagnation, no going backwards, no deterioration. So the natural order now is not the way God intended nature to be. So the natural order is the unnatural order. So for God to put the natural order back into order, he has to undo the current natural order, which is out of order. Got that? Just listen to Lady Wisdom. You don't have to get all of that. You just have to do what God says, love him with all your heart, and trust him. That's the complications of life. Last blank. What does this transformation look like? We call it sanctification. And sanctification is not the process of you doing good, good works, good things, following the laws, creating a Proverbs checklist, and I did that, and I did that, and I did that, and I did that. That's not sanctification. Sanctification is the process of your heart transforming in such a way that you don't even have to ask what is right anymore and what is wrong, but your heart starts gravitating towards God's heart and doing what God calls you to do. Living in such communion and union with God that life becomes smooth. Kind of like, you know, you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Stop leaning on the other understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your paths, your life, your decisions straight. Amen. Got some conclusion music already? We're ready to roll. We're good to go. Stand with me. Let's pray about that. Our process of growing in holiness is a consequence of loving God, drawing near to God with proper fear and love. This is not the first time Proverbs is going to talk about it. It's kind of indirect today. It's going to be a lot more direct later on. You become who you hang out with. 1 Corinthians 5 has a lot to say about that. We are not to associate with people who are openly sinning. And Paul says he's not talking about all of the world because otherwise you'd have to go live in a cave. And you would never do evangelism. We have to interact with sinners to tell them about who Christ is and to live out our faith and to go to work and to earn a living. But the point is, we do not attach our hearts to that which God calls dead, our affections. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we say, search our hearts. Show us if there be any wicked way cleanse us, purge us. 
as if we are a living sacrifice. This morning we present ourselves to you, body, soul, mind, everything that is within us, God. Search us. Show us where we need to turn where we need to turn away from habits and temptations that keep drawing us away, that keep capturing our our minds and our attention. God, we need help. I am desperately wicked. I turn to those things. I want those things. I desire those things. I covet those things. God, pour out your spirit so that I would know you. Let that be the cry of my heart every day as I turn to you, as I pray to you. Lord, we give you permission to send your spirit into our hearts. Convict us. Show us where we need to turn. Show us the things we need to stop doing. And please show us the things we need to start doing to fill up with your goodness, to be full of your spirit, to overflow with the gospel in all of our acquaintances and all of our chores and every little thing that we do. We need your spirit to permeate, ooze, and overflow out of our lives and become our life. We need you to become our life that our fear and love of you would dominate everything. Mm. Because it doesn't right now. And I know it. But I want it. Come. God, come. Give us your wisdom. We ask for it. And teach us to turn every day We come to you, we sing to you, we give to you, we worship. And everything we do this morning, in the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul, friends may fail me, foes assail me, He, my Savior, makes me
Corinthians 15, it's verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>